1: That will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro recharge kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than ten minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro recharge kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.
2: The ninja's here. He's part of part of our staff while we're here. You had a question for him that you asked me to ask, but I want you to ask it.
3: Oh, it's- Oh, I just wanted to hear any, like, uh, good stories about Dave Niehaus. Mm. You know, if you have any, like, stories you could bring up
1: yeah, and share with the crowd. Well, first of all, he was, he was as good as it gets and um, was very gracious to me. And, you know, he suffered just as much as the fans did. No. You know, it was... We could tell. It, it was apparent. I, I was talking to this, st- saying this to somebody the other day about... Rick Riz is perennially upbeat optimistic. Yep. the sun will come up tomorrow if not like in, in an hour. and so <laughs> and you know so Rick is so you know very very optimistic. and Dave would let it kind of he you know he, he'd kind of wears his emotions on his sleeve during a game. It's like you know if somebody made a mistake. Or gave up a you know bases loaded walk, or failed to get a bunt down, you know you could hear it in his voice. He wasn't sugarcoating it, and um, but he was he was so good at making a game that was a blowout loss <laughs> sound like it was the most important game in the world, just the way he would talk about maybe the fact that they'd gone to the you know World War II museum or some some something oh, yeah. that was in the city they were visiting or even just down in Arizona during spring training about something they did during the day. He was just so good at weaving stories and making them, you know, part of the game. Even though they weren't part of the game, it was more of a way to just keep the listener interested. And I, I think there's an art to that that, you know, a lot of the guys today don't have um, that that certain uh, flair for that. And
2: the storytelling is... Now it's a lot of, a lot of numbers, a lot yeah. of analytics.
1: Yeah. So... Yeah, I mean, um, some of the stories I probably wouldn't be able to tell uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> and get away with it. But he—he uh, he definitely was colorful. He was definitely, um, uh, you know, just a great family guy. His wife Marilyn and their kids, and um, Marilyn and I are Facebook friends, so she'll always make a comment on like my grandkids or something like that. But. Um, when he <clears throat> when he passed, it hit me really, really hard. Yeah, and I Kevin Kremen, who's the longtime producer and engineer for the broadcasts, you know, he was with Dave through the whole the whole shooting match, and um, it was tough for guys like Dave, like Kevin, who you know, they were like partners, business partners for seven months out of the year. Yeah. So um, that became like their second family for all those guys, and so and Dave was you know, so well respected in the business by other um, broadcasters and other teams so you could tell that he had, even though he was working in a smaller market, that he was definitely big league all the way by the way he, you could see him treated. I in, I think it was 2002 through 2006 I was at Como Radio and we had the broadcast rights for those four, to four or six years and so I had to go down to spring training and cover the team during spring training, which was great, but I'd get to sit in the booth with him, because I wasn't doing the public address announcing there, so I'd get to sit in the booth with him during the game, and then once the starting pitcher got uh, taken out, I'd go to the clubhouse and get some audio with them. Um, but, uh, you know, it'd be guys coming in that were not even on the roster, and numerically, and it's like guys coming in to pitch, and they're like, oh they got, you know, 72, now John Jones coming in, and he'd t- Turn the mic off. And he goes, "Who the hell is this?" <laughs> <laughs> and that's so, what the fans he, are doing at home. Yeah, yeah. And he didn't. You know, he's like definitely had some Harry
2: Doyle from uh, yeah, Major League for sure in, in him. Yeah, yeah. So
1: yeah, he is a great. I, I'm. I miss him every every year, and and he does that uh, welcome back baseball poem that he reads at the beginning of every year, and I tear up every year at that.
2: That is. Yeah.
4: I, I know. I was going to ask you about that. I know. um at the beginning of the year, also, the Mariners do a great job. Have a young child come out and make a wish and run the bases. That must be one of the more heart-wrenching things yeah. that you have to talk about. But it's so special and so cool what yeah, it is.
1: Do. It is really cool. In the first year they did it, um, I didn't know that we are going to continue to do it every year. I thought it was maybe just part of the opening of that, of that particular season since it was the first season. And I'm so glad they've kept it in. And it's, it's uh, you know, been really cool. Uh, when, when we had, you know, Jay and, and Dan and Junior, and those guys would, you know, come out of the dugouts and wait for the kid coming home. And, yeah, I mean, that just super emotional, super, uh, you know, just a, a great feeling. And, again, you know, you're right. The Mariners do a great job of producing these games and putting the, the pregame stuff together and the in-game stuff together. They've won awards that they give out. There's an award they give out kind of like a, you know, a Grammy or an Emmy, and they do it in for for game presentation in sports franchises, and the Mariners uh, perpetually win those awards. Major League Baseball presents Big League Tips. Here's how to figure an earned run average. First of all, take the total number of earned runs that you've allowed, say 20. You divide that by the number of innings that you've pitched, let's say 80. Now that'll give you a figure, 80 into 20, of .250. Now you take .250, multiply that by 9 to give you a number of runs per 9 inning. This would be 2.25. An ERA of that, you'd be pitching awfully well. Baseball fever. Catch it. Major League Baseball. Two, two quick stories. I uh, I don't know if your homework revealed this, but I actually called. I actually did play-by-play for two games. Back oh, in I did not get that. Back. I can't. It was in the kingdom And, um... They, Randy Adamak, who just retired as their longtime uh, vice president of marketing and uh, communications, asked me one time would you want to fill in? Dave's taking the day off, and would you want to do the game? And I, I did it with uh, Ken Levine.
2: Oh, yeah, Ken Levine.
1: And uh, and I said, yeah, that'd be great. But then <laughs> I was like, oh my God, what have I done? I'm so nervous. <laughs> like, Not only am I doing a major league baseball game, but I'm doing it with In place of Dave Niehaus for the day, and it turned out we were playing Cleveland, and Charlie Nagy of the of the uh, Indians had a no hitter going through like five innings. And uh, Kremen, Kevin Kremen, goes, "That was his Dave." He said, "If he goes one more inning, he's coming in from his barbecue to come in and call the end of the game because he doesn't (laughs) want to miss calling a no hitter." I said, "He's that's fine." So he ended up giving up the no hitter, and then uh, filled it another time and worked with Dave. And so that was just. Amazing, you know, to hear him say, now you're for the third inning, you're Stahl Mutler. I'm going, yeah, <laughs> See, it was just uh, just a humbling experience and very, very, I mean, very memorable for me. I mean, I finally got around to listening to the air checks of that um, last summer, because oh, wow. uh, I had told somebody about it. And they go, no, you didn't. I said, yeah, I did. I, I'll find the tape. I'll prove it to you. So, <laughs> yeah, um, I'd love to hear that. Yeah, so I don't think I did bad, but, you know... Um, it was uh, it was really fun. And um, the other quick Dave story I was going to mention was that uh, when I was with Como and we had the broadcast rights, we were, uh, depending on who was doing the post-game show, it was either me or Tom Glasgow at the time, who does a lot of the stuff for Root Sports now. But they would kick it back to us in the studio for a sports update from other sports at the end of the eighth inning, I think it was. And so um, the... Uh, Kevin Kremen would hand a card, you know, he'd hand a card for any little, any little reads that Dave was doing, or Rick, or anybody, a card that would say, you know, it was like a, a plug for whatever one of the sponsors was. But this particular card he would hand to Dave, and it would say, and now let's go back to our flagship station, KOMO, for an update with Tom Hutler. So that's the only reason we can think that this happened, but when it did happen, um, he came back from the break and I can't remember the Angels pitcher, uh, Scott Shields, Steve Shields, Scott Shields. Scott Shields. Scott over. Shields. He goes, oh, all right, we're back. It's now Scott Shields is here to face Tom Utler," And I <laughs> 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 and he goes, boy, he, he'd like to face Tom nice. <laughs> yeah. But I just thought, what the heck? So Kreven said, the only thing I can think of is that he just said senior name on that card. And it was just in his mind when he went back to call the game. But I thought, I've had that on tape somewhere, and now it, it, we had a big crash of our system that had all of our audio in it so i it's no more it is no more unless you know kevin knew what particular game it was which wouldn't surprise me but uh that was yeah tom Butler got the bat in the big leagues dave nehouse said it there it was
2: <laughs> that, that, that is great
4: young randy johnson's neighbors could see his
5: fastball coming well, Randy was her paper boy, and every afternoon he'd ride his bike down the street whipping papers. Well, even then, he threw 70 to 80 miles an hour. Well, one day, he beamed the family cat Whiskers. The Whiskers survive, but he's never been the same.
2: Uh, Tom Murphy going to the Giants, two years eight million dollars that's where he we originally got him from you were a big yeah. fan of murphy you have the the murphy bat
3: it's uh, an of an in seattle
2: how does this feel do you think this is something that the Mariners should have jumped on at this price or do you think it, this is it was time to uh part ways with him dude who is it's hard inactivity. to tell you know
3: i wish murphy could have stayed healthy last year and you know the year before that i, I have a feeling he's gonna thrive in san francisco he's probably gonna be you know, another bold prediction. It's like what Tom Murphy and Kelnick National League All-Stars next year. <laughs> the way the Mariners go. I could see like,
2: <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I know Hanno doesn't care. He was pretty critical of uh, Tom Murphy this whole time, but the biggest Tom Murphy fan, we got to check in on her. If you've been listening to our podcast for a while, you know that we are good friends and uh, supporters and they support us. Uh, Murphy's, Irish pub on 45th in the Wallingford area. Uh we've recorded uh some really good podcasts there. We recorded with Tom Hutler there, the owner, Shelley, big supporter of the podcast, big Tom Murphy fan, bats jerseys. I'm pretty sure she named her bar after him. Anyways, let's give her a call and see what she's got to say. Hello Shelly, we are. Hello, call- Shelly. We are calling to check your vital signs. Uh, how are you doing? I'm just so sad. It's so silly. So uh, dang it. Have you? What What are we doing? Are we renovating and changing the name of the bar? What What's going to happen?
0: <laughs> no, all of that will stay just the same. We'll so I'll have the bat on display and the baseball, and um, I'll still wear my Murphy jersey with pride,
2: Myron. I will-
0: Oh, my husband just said he won't he's dead to him
2: Yeah, he's, a, he's he's a smart man he's he's all about the the name and the front of the jersey instead of the back shelly
0: <laughs> i suppose yes i suppose
2: <laughs> so, so speaking of tom murphy jerseys how many tom murphy jerseys do you actually own
0: i have three and i love each one of them And I think Tom Murphy has more than three Murphy shirts from the bar because I took them down to spring training and gave them to (laughs) him.
2: That's that's right. Well, I got to say, you probably are the Guinness Book World Record holder of Tom Murphy jerseys. I'm going to have to check in on that and see if we can get you a certificate. So, yeah, you guys (laughs) do have a Tom Murphy bat at your bar. Uh, It's displayed uh, prominently right above the bar. How did you get that bat from Tom?
0: Uh, we had asked for a donation from, um, from him for our Salmon for Soldiers golf tournament. And one of the customers won it and then gave it to me and then put it, but then we displayed it there because they knew I love Tom Murphy. And Tom uh, was always so good about when I would get in touch with him that he would donate stuff for, especially serving veterans. He loves, he loved veterans. And, um, so, so that's how I got it. And it was such a nice uh, salmon for soldiers won, and I won even better. Now, and now I can go beat, beat the Mariner ownership with it, maybe. <laughs> yeah.
2: So are you going to get a San Francisco Giants Murphy jersey? And, and second follow-up question, is your husband going to allow that to happen?
0: <laughs> um, I don't know if I can do that. It is the Giants, you know? And um, even though they're not on our our side, I still don't know. Phil. So if I were to get a Tom Murphy Giants jersey, would you allow that? Well, what, are you work? Yeah uh maybe on a golf course i don't know if the pub. <laughs> maybe at the golf
3: course but not at the pub <laughs> uh, that's smart uh <laughs> hey shelly it's ninja here at least we're gonna uh, still Hi. To see at least we're gonna still get to see him in spring training right
0: well that that is true i did not think about that that's a good point yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I can still bring him at the
3: newest and latest Burpee t-shirt. Yeah, I still got a chance to get my bat sign. Yeah, uh, you can yeah.
2: check him out over in Scottsdale, which is, I got to admit, uh, a much more, a way better social area than than uh, Peoria. Uh, yeah, that's, that's true. Now, Hanno, my regular co-host, is still trying to organize this bat burning um, and jersey burning <laughs> on the corner of Densmore and 45th. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> What do you got to say about that? Are, are you going to be there? Are you going to be attending?
0: It's not happening. And I bet Hanno has a secret love for Tom Murphy. He has dirty too. He just won't tell you.
2: <laughs> I did not think about that. Uh, I think he sleeps in it.
1: <laughs> I have a little project. Well, once again, Edgar Martinez is using Eagle Hardware's incredible selection of brand name power tools for its latest project. And uh, here's a surprise. Uh, For once, it's not a bat. Oh, it is a bat. It's a light bat. Eagle Hardware and Garden. More of everything.
2: All right, we've reached the controversial part of the show where we are talking about a little bit of blue Pinella. then it kind of turns into a Pete Rose uh, shade fest here with our good friends from the new Nasty Boys, this awesome Cincinnati Reds podcast. You should check it out. We had one of the co-hosts, Billy, on here, and he was dropping some—he was dropping some Pete Rose knowledge that I had no idea about, and also talking about how beloved Lupinella is in the Queen City. Reds fan, real quickly too. What is your stance on Pete Rose?
6: No, no. Don't. If you're going to say put him in the Hall of Fame, I've been very firm on this stance. Uh, no. Uh, not just because of betting on baseball, but because he had opportunities to get out of it and he lied and continued to lie. And then when it came time, you know, he fessed up, he fessed up cause he was selling a book. What a dirtbag! You know, I get it. Get- it's not, it's not the hall of hall of good people. It's the hall of fame. I get it. But you can easily tell baseball story without Pete Rose. You know, so
2: with Pete, I, with Pete Rose, with Pete Rose, how what is the general feeling around Cincinnati? I know he played for the Phillies too, but what is the general? Is it like a? Would you say it's like he needs to be in there, or would you say, it's it's more on 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 in your, on your side? People there?
6: people love Pete. Uh, I don't get it um, because of that and. You know, he grew up in Western Hills, west side of Cincinnati. People are obsessed. Oh, I love Pete. It's so odd. You know, here people are endearing and embrace him and they love him so much and the hit king and he should be in the hall and they forgive him time and time again. Whenever you like talk to somebody, you go, hey, what do you think of Pete Rose? One out of four people are going to have a story. Well, two, you know, actually one out of two people are going to have a story about meeting him. Half the time, it's going to be like, man, he was so nice. He was so great. The other time is he was such a dirtbag and so unbelievably rude. Let me tell you. So um, I also have a policy. um, You can't be in the Hall of Fame if you dated children. So (laughs) it's it's a pretty hard rule.
2: I can subscribe to that rule.
6: Yeah, it's it's a pretty easy rule to follow
2: and not break.
6: Yeah, man. So I didn't know how, how loosey goosey, but that's that's the politest way I can put it. If you just uh Google Pete Rose 14 year old, you'll find a lot, and it's pretty gross. So uh that's another reason I don't think he should be in the hall of fame.
2: That those are some uh those are some strong uh reasons right there. Uh <laughs> so
6: let's switch it on to somebody that
2: I think would be <laughs> beloved and beloved in your city, very yeah. beloved in ours, and you know, actually brought you guys a world title, got us to the playoffs. Office, sweet Lou, Lou Pinella. How is he
6: perceived in uh, Cincinnati? Lou's a hero, man. Lou was the man, dude. I mean, there's so many, there's so many photos around town of him sitting in the manager's office, feet up on the desk with a Budweiser on the desk with three packs of Marlboro Reds. You know, you can't go into a sports bar without seeing Lou Pinella chucking second base and signed yeah. by him. I mean, he was a hero. He's a, he's like a folk legend, dude. He, you yeah. know, rambling, gambling loud, you know, just put, putting cigarettes out on his pony cleats. Like what a cool guy. All right. As you know, in the
2: descriptions or from listening to us, we are a dive bar style podcast. We hit the dive bars up. Um, we've had a lot of good interviews and Like I was saying in the intro, sometimes things kind of get a little bit crazy in the environment when you're recording in a dive bar. Uh, But pound for pound, out of all of the things that happened this year, this is probably one of the funniest things. I will be turning this segment into a YouTube segment with the visuals. We put them on our Instagram, I believe. Anyways, we called this one, A Man in Popcorn Pants Walks into the Bar. It's me, Hanno and Edmonds, my lovely girlfriend. And our stat department head, Tanya, and an eyewitness to what's happening in this scene—just it's just just a little bit of fun. Enjoy it. Okay, so why we why we went to uh, to an ad break right there all of a sudden with a cliffhanger for two reasons: the internet or our connection on Streamyard that we we're doing this. And then, uh, what what just happened over here at the pool tables?
7: Well, there's a little commotion, and it started with a costume, and we thought maybe we were, you know, here on costume party night. I don't know. There was only a party of one for the costume party. So we have an eyewitness here with us on the scene. What,
2: and your name is Jeff?
8: My name is Jeff, yes.
2: So tell, tell us what you saw.
6: So I'm just sitting.
0: and
8: red sequin hat and long long hair
6: so it's
2: like a, it's a rocky row boat, yeah, a robe yeah. with the Apollo Creed uh, village like people a style uh, he, sequin he, hat
7: he had a hat that had like hair sewn into it so like when you take off the hat the but hair comes know
8: that we didn't know that it was a uh, hair sewn into it just shoulder length hair it looked like it was real hair from the distance anyway, but anyway. I met him, he was he was
2: demanding not asked demanding to be interviewed. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So not gonna happen.
8: Then he started playing pool with somebody. And then a little while later this guy comes in with this kind of a funky plaid shirt on and pants that had popcorn designs on the side of it. Yes. An older guy with grey hair. And then they started playing pool together. The robe comes off, and he's wearing red tights.
2: It was like a it was like a wrestling onesie. Yes. So, Hannah, when you yes. came in, was he already in the wrestling onesie? Before I even came in,
4: um, you know, we had internet problems, and you were working up here in Edmonds, and you know how that bothers me, and I said, the hell with it, so I'll just drive up five minutes away. Yeah. And so I pull into the parking lot here, and there's two uh, Edmonds PD... Cars out front, and I see them walking towards this place. So I stay in my car because you know, nowadays you just never know. Uh, kind of look in the door and uh, see that nothing's going on too serious. So I walk in, and yeah, the Edmonds PD is escorting this guy out that he just
2: popcorn described. pants. Yes, popcorn, popcorn pants is getting taken yes. out. So
4: I mean, as this is all going on, I'm like, did I make another bad decision to decide to come up here and do a <laughs> well, podcast?
8: It was just really strange because they were just playing pool. It didn't seem like there was anything violent or anything weird going on. They were just playing pool. This guy did take off his robe, and he he did take off his robe, but he was just in there with just like a... Wrestling onesie, red. Yeah. You don't want to see it from either side. No.
2: And, and, and Trust
7: me, there's a lot to see there. Did, he like.
2: had something also in his oh, pants that definitely. was supposed to be like, definitely. hey, look over here. I don't know what it was. Definitely. But it was he, trying to be the shape of a penis, but it, it was, was like falling apart in there.
7: Is that where he put his wig when he took that, it off? Maybe. Oh, my. Maybe Luckily, I was. only saw
4: the back But
2: So at this point, when the cops escort popcorn pants out, <laughs> The guy comes over to me and goes, are we going to get this interview or not? Like, he was like, are we going to do this because I don't have time? And I was like, maybe. And he goes, yeah, maybe next time. And he goes, just text me.
8: I I heard that question. I I, I didn't know (laughs) why he was expecting an interview or whatever. But anyway, it was very entertaining. Yeah. Dive
7: bar scene tonight.
2: And Tanya, you you got a little bit of intel from Shelby over at the... At the the bar.
7: I do. I'm on the beat. So, Jeff, the update. We know what happened here. So, it turns out Popcorn Pants is unrelated to anything. Came in because apparently there's a storage unit down the street um, of his, um, I'm guessing, that was broken into. So, he came in and asked Shelby if he could use the phone because he didn't have a cell phone. Of course, she said, no problem. (laughs) He forgot to mention to her that he was actually going to call 911 about the the theft with his storage unit so Unbeknownst to her, the police show up to her bar. You can imagine, I'm sure, how that feels. So they come in. It looks like they're escorting popcorn pants out. But actually, they're just taking him out, I think, to get his statement about the storage unit.
4: (laughs) From stat department to investigative reporter.
2: Yes, I love it. it. Right on. Oh, my God. So we're going to get back on track here, folks. But thank you, Jeff. And, yes, thank you for sending us that so people understand the context. I'm sure people will be going and checking out our instagram which is rye at rye bread and mustard podcast rye bread and mustard podcast again rye bread and mustard podcast on instagram thank you jeff thank you very much thank you guys all right and the cherry on top to close us out one of our beloved Uh, regular guests that we have on the show my 92 and a half going to be 93 on january 27th grandma norma you know she comes on here with the hot takes when big things happen here's a couple of the takes that i really enjoy uh i'm only gonna put two of them on here but you can go back through the episodes and check them out or check it out on the social media but one of them is when they inserted the new rules she's got a hot take on that she's got a hot take on that as well as when Jared Kelnick was traded by the Mariners. Let's hit it up. I think we ought to start off with a call from Grandma Norma, my 92-year-old grandmother, who's got a lot of opinions.
5: I want to know about this little rule where you've got got to be in the batter's box within so many minutes or so many seconds or whatever it is. How are they going to keep track of this? And then another thing, how about that playing all on the outfield, all on one side? What are you going to do with the other side? Put bleachers in it or what? Well, what's the idea of the smaller bases? What, you what's mean the that, larger bases? I thought they were making them smaller. I thought that's what they were going to do, decrease the size of the base.
2: No, they're increasing it.
5: Who comes up with these ideas and rules? I mean, do they send out questionnaires and you answer them and send them back? Or where do they get these ideas? Well, I'll try to get my mind, my 92-year-old mind uh, set on this.
2: <laughs> yeah, I thought it was pretty interesting that she thought the bases were getting smaller. You know, like like it was like the hamburgers at, at Dick's, you know, or <laughs> something. <laughs> taco Time. You're like, what? They're getting smaller? No, they're getting bigger. Well, Grandma, Jared Kelnick no longer a mariner. He's an Atlanta Brave. What's your feelings on it? I,
5: uh, my feelings are on this is that I really don't care. I, he wasn't one of my favorites, the one that kicked the water cooler.
2: That's who he is. He was very passionate.
5: Yeah, well, maybe he could go get a job with the Seahawks as a kicker oh. if things don't work out with lot of Brave. So you didn't like, mean, you didn't like his attitude? No, I didn't care for him at all. But uh, I always, always under the impression that you kind of liked him when they brought him in up there. Does does Hampton like him? Well, he wasn't my favorite, I'll tell you that. So I can't. Uh, sh- I wish him luck, but I I can't shed any uh, tears over him going and uh, leave the rest of the team kind of alone.